Ion 2020 episode 179. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. What up, y'all? It's Ray Eaton here, the host that brings you the news, the events, the things that are going on in the 2020 election leading up to November 2020 when Trump will be going against somebody or somebody will be going against somebody. There's a couple of uh, people have gotten into the race trying to take on Trump on the Republican side. Yeah, you might even, hey, you might even have Trump who gets impeached or something like that or decides that he's not going to run for re-election. Who knows? And uh, maybe Mike Pence will take over that position. You never know what's going to happen nowadays. It's a very interesting time that we live in where things are just kind of in chaos. And you know how Trump is. He loves to he loves to kind of stir up the pot and make sure that there's chaos at all times. So that's what he does that's i think he thrives on that kind of stuff you know just making sure that nobody ever knows what's going on just remain unpredictable that's kind of his mo that's what he's make sure that he's always doing just to keep people on their toes and you don't know what trump's gonna do he might not even run for president he might uh, i mean obviously he is running for president he's throwing these big bashes and stuff like that but i mean the media and everything i don't th- i don't know that the media is gonna be able to beat him in the sense of getting him to quit I think that he has way too much pride to make to allow something like that to happen. Obviously, that's just the way that guy is. So, um, but if you have somebody from the Democrat, or if you have the Democrats, if they end up trying to impeach the guy and they make it happen, you never know. I mean, he might end up not being able to run for president for the next round. Then you'll have a Mike Pence who's going to be kind of like the shoe in. But a lot of these other guys that are getting in, like Mark Sanford, like um, like William Weld. Those are guys that are probably just trying to do this for career aspirations to get themselves kind of back into the limelight. Who knows? Uh, or maybe they just are wanting to change the conversation because, you know, that's I think that's what William Wells is trying to do. I don't know that he has aspirations to run for Senate or anything, but who knows? But, yeah, we live in some crazy times, and I am the host that will bring you all the information about what's going on in this 2020 election. And uh, this is Ion 2020, so thank you for joining me for another day and another week of the 2020 election and the craziness that's going on. Um, I don't know if you guys have done this yet, but if you want to, you can give me a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcatcher. Uh, most of them have some sort of reviewing ability and some kind of like rating ability as well. And if you have that opportunity, please go ahead and do that, and I would appreciate that. Uh, first-time listener, great. Go ahead and subscribe to the show as well. You can do that by hitting those little subscribe button. And that's going to allow you to hear the show tomorrow. But you might start noticing, hey, this guy is on episode 179 right now. That's amazing. What I think I'm going to do is go back and listen to the 170 episodes previous to this one. It'll take you a long time. It absolutely will. But if you want to do that, you can. And uh, go ahead and scroll through, see some shows that you like, and go ahead and listen to those. Uh, might might learn something. Might have find some topics that are interesting to you. Who knows? But... Today, the main thing I wanted to talk about, I'm going to keep this show short this week. The reason why is because um, 
we have the debates coming up on Thursday night, so Friday show will be a fairly long episode. I usually spend, you know, 45 minutes to an hour on those, so I'm going to keep some of these shows this week a little bit light as well, just because um, the main topics that are going to be covered over the next week, like for the next week or so until the debate's over with, you're going to be spent, they're going to be spending a lot of time just kind of talking about the candidates and their policies and so forth, but I've already done that, so I'm going to keep this basically focused on the news this week until probably your Thursday episode, we'll do a little debate recap, or a post, a post-debate show, where I just kind of, not post-debate, sorry, pre-debate show that just kind of shows you guys about the candidates and what they, what they stand for and so forth, um, maybe if there's any new, new news that comes out about these candidates, I'll talk about that as well, but, and then I'll end up doing like a Monday Monday afternoon I'll do like or Monday morning I'll do a post debate show for you and that'll just see what all the pundits that we're talking about after the debate but um, this show's gonna be relatively short I just wanted to do a little bit of speculation here and the reason why is because the big news over the weekend was uh, not the whole Alabama debacle, I guess, with Trump saying that there's like a 95% chance that the storm is going to go to Alabama. I'm pretty sure that he is not the most up-to-date on storms by any means, right? Like, he probably has a lot of the people around him that are the ones that are supposed to be up-to-date on that stuff. He doesn't seem, Donald Trump does not seem like the type of person that's going to spend a lot of time thinking about you know, the weather by any means, right? Now, obviously, he's the president. He needs to know what's going on with America and if there's a storm up the coast, blah, 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 right? He needs to know that stuff. But if it's not in his morning update, I'm pretty sure he doesn't ever hear about it, right? If it's not sitting there uh, talking about it on Fox News specifically, the, the 10 seconds he gives of Fox News, it's probably not going to be something he's going to be talking about as well. If it's not on Sean Hannity's show, you probably aren't going to hear him talking about it, you know? So, uh, that was more of a debacle, I'm sure. But what I wanted to talk about today with Donald Trump was this idea that he was going to be meeting with a Taliban at Camp David uh, in order to get some kind of negotiated peace settlement with the Taliban. And I was listening to the Scott Horton show from last week when they announced that they came and finally got some kind of peace settlement with the Taliban. And Scott Horton said something interesting right off the bat. He said that he thought it was weird that the Taliban was willing to negotiate a peace settlement with the United States since what they've been asking for and what they've been demanding was a full military pullout by the United States. Complete surrender. Where they leave 100% from Afghanistan never to return. And that's what the Taliban had been been demanding. And Scott Horton, who is the authority, by the way, I don't know if you know who Scott Horton is, but he is like, he's done over 5,000 interviews over the last like 20 years or so with people with regards to foreign policy. Like, he is the foreign policy expert in the libertarian movement. You need to check out his show if you have not already. It's called The Scott Horton Show. And he's also the... uh, executive director or something like that, or the managing editor of antiwar.com also, and the Libertarian Institute. So he's huge. He knows his stuff, but during one of his interviews, he said something that was, he was interviewing a gentleman, and he said, he just thought it was really weird 
that the Taliban was backing off of their full military pullout and was willing to negotiate down to 5,000 U.S. troops in Afghanistan. And he said that he said he's been looking on the Taliban's website and everything. He kind of made the joke and he said, you know, I'm pretty sure that the FBI has been watching me because I go on the Taliban website so often. But he's just trying to get the news about what they're talking about. And he said that he hasn't seen anywhere on their website that they were talking about negotiating with the United States and coming to a settlement and so forth on the war issue in Afghanistan and on America pulling out. And it was still showing that their demand was that there was a full U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. So I got to thinking about it. Over the weekend, Donald Trump ends up cancel. He says, I canceled this thing with in Camp David where we were going to meet with the Afghanis, the Afghan president, as well as uh, spokespeople for the Taliban. And I went out there and I canceled that because of some stuff that the Taliban did. I guess they claimed responsibility for a suicide bombing in Kabul, which ended up killing like 19 people along with one U.S. soldier. And Donald Trump said, you know what, they claimed responsibility for it, so I'm canceling this meeting with them. And I think it was going to be sometime this week. So I was thinking about that. I was like, I think that Donald Trump is trying to save face because I don't think that they ever came together and got something done. I really don't. And I'm, I'm not sure if it's been in the news. It's been in the news that he has gotten something done and that there's going to be a peace deal and that America's going to pull out and that there's going to be 5,000 troops that remain for like 18 months or so. I just wonder if the. And oh, and meanwhile, by the way, the Taliban is still doing normal military operations against targets in Afghanistan, trying to take back cities and trying to do what they do because they're trying to get the country back that they once had in 2001 when America invaded, right? They're trying to take all that territory back. And if you read the book Fool's Errand by Scott Horton, you would understand a lot of the stuff that goes on in that country. Like, it was never ruled per se by the Taliban 100%. Afghanistan was never the entire borders were never ruled by the Taliban by any means. This is a group of people in Afghanistan, especially in the rural areas where it's tribal leadership. Kabul, the capital, and some of the major cities will be run by the Taliban, but the outskirts of those cities and the places elsewhere, they are not run by the Taliban. Like that is not the government of those of those countries by any means or those those territories by any means it's not it never was i think like the taliban according back in 2001 at the time they were in control of like 60 to 70% of the country and that's it the rest of it was by warlords and different people different factions i mean they say when america came into afghanistan and invaded and took over the country people still thought it was the Soviets that they were fighting. Like, they thought the Russians were coming back in to invade the country because they didn't know what happened in America. They had no idea that 9-11 happened. Most of those people had no clue. They just knew that for 10 years or so, they were fighting against the Russians. And so most of them just picked up arms and started fighting, thinking it was the Russians again. Those people have been fighting against each other for a thousand years over there. Every invader that comes in, they fight. And today you have people that have been fighting for 40 
50 years against the Russians, against the Americans, against the people that were trying to invade them before that, the British, and so forth. Like, these people, all they've known is war their entire life. These people are not going to be given up by any means. That's just, that's what Scott Horton lays out in his book, Fool's Errand, Time to End the War in Afghanistan. So, when Donald Trump is trying to make a peace deal with these people, these people are not going to make a peace deal by any means about oh yeah, we're going to leave 5,000 troops in there. I just don't think that they ever came together with a true peace deal at all and that Donald Trump is trying to save face by looking like he's the one that's being hard by pulling out of this whole peace deal. That's my conspiracy theory, I guess, and I'm going to run with it, man. I am. I'm going to assume that I'm right on this particular issue, okay? Because I don't know if time will tell if I am right or not, but... Listen to Scott Horton talk about it. And this is before Donald Trump canceled this whole um, meeting, this supposed meeting at Camp David. This is before he canceled the meeting that Scott Horton is talking. And he was just perplexed that the Taliban would come up with a come up with a peace negotiation that says that it would leave 5,000 troops because they are willing to fight. People in that country are willing to fight as long as they have to to get the foreign occupiers out. That's just the way that they are. They did it with Russia. They did it with the Soviet Union back in the 70s and 80s. They're willing to do it now, today, within a country that's been occupying their country for 18 years. In their mind, we are invaders, and that's it. And they want us out. And I think that we should get out. I mean, clearly, America went in, right? Back in 2001, after 9-11 happens, everyone's pissed off. Americans are like, we need to go get them. They figured out who it was, uh, Osama bin Laden. He had a camp over in Afghanistan that people would go and train at, and he was over there in his camp. I think they said there was like three or 400, maybe 500 people that were at that camp that were loyal to Osama bin Laden. And America said to Afghanistan, this is what they said, uh, turn him over to us. We, we demand that you turn him over to us so that he can seek, so he could be uh, taken for, you know, so he can see justice, so we can have justice for our people. And that would have been the right thing to do. Demand Afghanistan turn him over. That's fine. We're not going to invade your country, but you need to turn him over, or else we're going to come in there and get him. In Afghanistan, this is what they said. They said, we will turn him over, but we won't turn him over. We can't turn him over directly to you. We're willing to turn him over to a third party who will then turn, with the agreement that they will turn him over to you because they were trying to follow some kind of surreal law, surreal law thing that says that they can't turn somebody like a Muslim brother over to an infidel, right? So that was the idea. And then George Bush says, well, no, 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 hold on. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not going to sit there and uh, turn... Him, or I'm not going to allow you just to turn him over to a third party. I want him. And I think that they used it a lot of ways. They used it in order to get him into, or get into this war. Get into a long drawn out war in some ways. And they say that Osama bin Laden, his idea was to basically poke at America to the point where we would overreact. Or the United States government would overreact and invade Afghanistan. And that's exactly what happened. America ended up invading Afghanistan after 9-11. In order to 
not go after Osama bin Laden because they could have had him by having them turn him over to a third party. By having the Taliban turn him over to a third party. So America went in after Osama bin Laden, but invading the entire country and took over the entire country. And I don't know if any of you guys remember this. You might not have um, been politically, you know, or paying attention back then. But whenever we first invaded Afghanistan, the idea was that we were going to go in there and liberate the people from the Taliban. So now it becomes going after Osama bin Laden to liberating the people from the Taliban and liberating women and giving women the ability to be educated and giving women the ability to drive, being, you know, liberating women, liberating children. It's no longer we're going after Osama bin Laden. I mean, that idea quickly went away by like the beginning of 2002 where most of the conversation was about liberating the country and bringing democracy to Afghanistan. How has that worked out 18 years later, guys? That has not worked out at all 18 years later. Over 20, like 2,500 soldiers have lost their lives in this war in Afghanistan, which also was a stepping stone for launching a war in Iraq. And then in Libya, and then in Syria soon maybe even in Iran all over the I mean all over the world America has gotten become an interventionist country even more so now because of the ability the fact that they went into Afghanistan they've the use the authorization for the use of military force to go after Osama bin Laden has been used to overthrow Afghanistan overthrow Libya, overthrow Iraq, go into Syria, like all this stuff has happened because of that. For one thing, with they, they could have gotten out of it. Actually, I've also read this elsewhere, is that they had Osama bin Laden surrounded in Afghanistan, and somehow he magically got away during that time because of the way that the way that the um, the people that were commanding the different officers and so forth a, sort of like not really allowed him to get away but in a roundabout way they allowed him to get away into Pakistan and I'm not sure the entire scenario that happened with that I would have to read up on that a little bit more but I've even heard that but it was the Bush administration used it in order to get and take over that whole country they took over the entire country they got rid of the Taliban and they installed basically our own puppet government which the people have never the people of the country have never embraced that government never have embraced that government they still look at the Taliban as their leaders in some way a lot of those people do they still look at the Taliban as the heroes of their country even though they lived under that sort of dictatorship for you know 20 years previous to that or 15 years previous to 9-11 but the people, they do not look at Americans over there as the good guys. They look at us as the bad guys. So that means 18 years later, why are, why are we still there, you know? But getting back to Trump, Trump promised to get us out of that war. He did. He is, I mean, that's one of the things that he got elected on was that he was going to get us out of Afghanistan, get us out of Iraq, not mingle around with Syria, 
You know, just stop being an interventionist country. That was one of the things that he talked about, is not being interventionist. Yet today we're still in the same places that we were then. Somebody said to me, or I heard this somewhere, that at least he hasn't started any new wars. That's the one thing that I heard. At least he has not started any new wars. But, then again, all those wars are still just as escalated as they had been back under George Bush and also under uh, Barack Obama. Um, And so, so, I mean, I just think that, in my mind, Donald Trump has not really kept the promise of pulling out of these wars. Now, I think that he is trying very hard to, though. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit by any means, but I think that he's trying to. I just think that these peace talks, supposedly... They've got to be being run by the people that are, you know, trying to keep some troops in the country. They really are. Because if you talk to Mike Pompeo, you talk to a lot of these guys that are in, or you hear you hear them talk, and they all say we need to keep some kind of presence there. And maybe that's Donald Trump's negotiation, that he's willing to keep 5,000 people there. I don't, or 5,000 soldiers there. I don't know. I think that the, I think that the Trump administration is just kind of caught themselves in a quagmire where they're not getting the results that they want from the Taliban. So in order to save a little bit of face, he says, I'm canceling these things in camp, these talks in Camp David, and it's over with. If they're willing to come to the table, they can, but they have to stop fighting first. Um, I mean, that would be a good, a good olive branch for the Taliban to do, obviously, is to stop the fighting and see if they can get some kind of ceasefire. I know that's kind of a normal thing to do in any type of um, war scenario anyway, so I don't know. I, I just hope that for God's sake, I hope, and for my kids' sake, I hope that this stuff does not continue to be escalated. I damn sure hope that they don't say, well, one soldier's lost a couple days ago. Uh, we're going to go in there and we're going to go in there with 20,000 and 30,000 troops because then it's just going to get even worse. Or they say, oh, we're going to you know, escalate wars all over the world. Like, to me, that is not the road that I hope that, that, we, that we go down. Just because, I mean, uh, it's just, I have two kids and I would hate to see them have to go fight in a war overseas for something that I would never believe in. And I know that they won't believe in either. And I know that most Americans don't believe in it because it is not for the security of our country. It is for the profits of the rich the profits of those that are in the industrial, the military industrial complex, and that's it. That's what it's for, and you're spilling the blood of American citizens, American service members, and you're spending the treasure of our country, trillions upon trillions of dollars. So, hey guys, that's what I got. This is a very heavy episode, and I'm sorry. I just thought that I was just thinking about this whole Trump scenario over the weekend and it just kind of came together with what Scott Horton was talking about. I was just like, man, I got to talk about that. Bring you guys a little bit of anti-war uh, talk on this show. But that, that has to do with the elections, you know? Donald Trump, if he gets us out of the war, he'll be called the great peacemaker of our times. And I think that he'll be very popular among the libertarians who are anti-war as well as a lot of other people who are anti-war as well. They'll call him Trump the Peacemaker by, you know, if, they, if he ends up ending all these wars overseas. I just think that this, there's a lot of people that are against him getting out of these wars. Even the Democrats talk about 
him being weak if he starts talking to these dictators and these different leaders as well all over the world. I mean, when he said that he was talking, or when it came to be that he said that he was not going to be talking with the Taliban, people started freaking out saying, well, what is he talking with the Taliban for? They're, they've, you know, spilled the blood of, of military soldiers. They're responsible for their blood. Well, in order to get a peace negotiation, you kind of have to talk to the, the bad guy that you're fighting against, right? But the Democrats were even criticizing him on that also. So, he won't be able to do anything right in that world. But in my world, if he does end these wars, I would give him a huge amount of applause. Just as, just as much as I did for when the, like the tax cuts happened and a lot of the you know, smaller, I don't know, like the, the cutting of the red tape and getting rid of a lot of the different um, rules and regulations and stuff. I will, I will applaud him on those and I would applause, applaud him if he will end these wars. So that's all I got for you guys. I appreciate you continuing to listen to the show. Uh, this is your Tuesday show. Keep on tuning in tomorrow uh, and you'll have clear vision for 2020. Hey guys, I'm excited to announce the new podcast I'm coming out with called First Year in Sales with Ray Eaton. Now, if you're not a salesperson, then it might not be for you. But if you are a salesperson, or if you know another salesperson, go ahead and direct them towards this show. It's going to be a show that is based upon helping somebody that's in their first year in sales, or maybe even somebody that is in sales already and just wants to brush up on some of the sales skills that they need in order to be successful. I'm focusing on habits and also different parts of the sales process in order to help people to become more successful in their sales job. So like I said, if you know somebody that's in sales, or if you yourself are in sales, go ahead and check out this podcast that's on all of your podcatchers, anything that you would listen to, and that is called First Year in Sales with Ray Ian.